The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Following another very difficult loss, uh, technically I know that last week was the worst loss in the Bill Belichick era, but I mean, when you're one point difference in terms of the final outcome, you don't score any points, and this is the second consecutive week or you get blown out, this time at home, I think it's pretty hard to argue against this being the worst uh, loss in the Belichick era. If you are familiar with my work, you know that I'm not someone to try to overhype things and be reactionary. I really do try to make sure that I'm looking at things at the full picture and seeing the bright spots in this team and acknowledging when they're flawed, but also when they do things that, you know, prove okay they're building towards something and um today was not one of those games i feel like i'm doing an apology video on youtube like i did something wrong um but i mean this was just an abysmal performance you got uh, mac jones not as disastrous a performance as you saw it last week which is pretty nice uh he definitely wasn't exempt though from criticism uh, i think the flip the toss fake pitch whatever you want to call it on third and one, the Cam Jordan ended up falling on because of a fumble. That's on him. Just not nearly good enough. Put it behind him, Andre Stevenson. Bad there. His first couple of throws to the game were really, really rough. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's hard to fault anyone more than the offensive line. Like, you know, every week it seems like it's Mac. There's receivers maybe not doing enough. But a consistent thread has been the offensive line. Right tackle is in very easy target. Vidarian Lowe, yes, he has struggled in relief duty. He's been their starter for the past few weeks. He was at left tackle for Trent Brown against Miami, and that's been on the right side ever since. And he's just been very, very up and down. He's had some solid moments, but the bad has just been too bad. You know, I myself wasn't super pessimistic about a hole at right tackle coming into the season just because I figure if you have one bad spot on your offensive line or if it's just average, you're fine, thinking that Riley Reef would come in and give you a veteran presence, and then you had all the other veteran backups as well, who you figure, all right, can kind of stabilize things at the very least, even if they're not you know, above-average starter potential. But this is something I did not expect. Uh, injuries have played a massive factor, but obviously at the interior especially, you got you know Mike and Wenu couldn't finish the game. Cole Strange wasn't even active in this game, which forced Riley Reef to come in. Yeah, Antonio Mafi uh, came out at one point, then had to go back in because of these injuries. But even the veterans, like Trent Brown is missing really badly. You got David Andrews missing. Guys that you rely on to perform well are not getting it done in the run or pass game. It felt like they had a few good runs, but for the most part, not even were the runs bad, but they were losing yards and putting in offense that can't really make its own yards in even tougher positions. So plenty of blame to go around, but really, you know, all 22 and being able to look at the film will give a better picture of what exactly happened. But this was just, it looked bad. It was just, there really wasn't any good to take away defensively. They had some stops in this game and I don't want to, you know, totally poo poo the defense are in a tough position losing Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon last week. You bring JC Jackson in, but he's still working his way back from injury as is John Jones. 
you know, it's things aren't great on the defense in terms of health. Even Devon Godshaw, I feel like he's still working his way back after getting hurt against the Jets because he hasn't been as solid and as sturdy inside as he's been in the past. But this was a game where pursuit angles and missed tackles, just fundamental things, were really hurting the Patriots. He had some wide-open receivers at points for big plays, for touchdowns. The run defense, the Saints ran for over 100 yards. They averaged fewer than four yards per carry. But anytime they needed yards, they got them. And frankly, I thought that most of the times when they were forced to punt, it had more to do with the Saints actually hurting themselves, with missed throws, penalties that put them behind. It sounds like the Patriots, but the Saints were able to make far more plays than we've seen the Patriots make. Um, And I also thought Keon White got exposed multiple times. He's a rookie. I'm not trying to pile on him, and I don't think that should be the takeaway here. But it was one of those things where you really do feel – the loss of Matt Judon Um, and in the past coverage, you know, I'm not even sure how much of a difference Christian Gonzalez would have even made considering a lot of the plays that you saw the big passing plays for the saints were over the middle of the field. So in special teams as well, obviously Chad Ryland misses a kick. He's 50% on the year. Now Joe Cardona having a tough season overall and had two rough snaps. Behringer bailed him out once, but couldn't do it on the other attempt yet. Matthew Slater getting a penalty, just not good enough in any phase of the game. Um, and I'll, I'll start taking questions soon too. And Ami could start throwing him up, but just to recap, this was not a good performance at all from the Patriots offense after what you were hoping was their rock bottom. You were hoping that was the worst you'd see from them. And they showed that it wasn't. And it's really, really tough when you consider that this was a game that felt like a must-win game so early in the season against a beatable opponent. And now you go into the Raiders next week thinking, well, can they even win that? And the Raiders are one of the worst teams in football, to be very honest with you. And you were hoping, okay, you win this week, you win next week, and maybe there's some momentum there. Um, to go into tough games against Buffalo and against Miami. But at some point, you know, after losing this game, you're saying, okay, even if they do win against the Raiders, it feels like those Bills games in the second round against the Dolphins is going to look really ugly. Um, So, yeah, to be totally honest with you, I can't think of any positives off the top of my head, and I feel like I'd be blowing smoke with you guys if I threw some out there. So without further ado, I'll start getting into questions. Um, WH, can we talk about how horrible special teams we spent all this money in draft capital ranked 32nd? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I think a lot of the special teams being so bad is one because Ryland's been missing kicks and he's a rookie. He didn't think it was going to be perfect, but these struggles are pretty significant. Uh, Bryce Berenger, I think is having a really good season, but again, Joe Cardona with the snaps, you expect him to be one of the most consistent players on your team at, at any phase of the game. And he's really putting you in some tough positions. Um, it's tough. I feel like special teams is an area where this week I'll dive even closer to see what exactly is going wrong there. In terms of coverage, I don't think they've been horrible. Um, I'm not sure if the stats represent that, but I don't think it's been a whole complete lost effort there. I think the Chris Board, I would hope that you would hear more from, and I feel like he's been really quiet this season when you talk about spending money and bringing people in. That's a pretty big miss. Uh, but in terms of the draft capital they spent on the kickers, like Chad Ryland, you kind of expected he was going to struggle at some point, not to this degree. Um, and Berenger, I think, has been good. I think he was worth his draft pick. But, yeah, overall special teams, yeah, not getting it done when that's supposed to be one of the strengths of your team, especially for a day. Uh, like today. 
All right. Luke Treffery, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Is it appropriate to start thinking about blowing up what we've got? This could mean trading away players like Uche and Wenu, making changes to the coaching staff in front office, et cetera. And I appreciate the love. Thank you. Um, it's tough. I think that if you lose next week, that's when you really have to start saying, okay, we might have to start selling things off. Because I think if you lose to the Raiders, it shows that you are pretty much beyond saving. I don't want to be super dramatic about it. But at the outlook of the season, if you lose that game, then the chances of you bouncing back, I think the chance of being a playoff team now are pretty much shot. Uh, but if you lose to the Raiders, I think it shows that you are truly a bad team. Dietrich Wise said after the game that we are still a great team. I don't agree with that right now because I think, you know, there's some gray area when it's your record is or your record says what you are. But this feels like exactly that kind of situation. Um, I don't think you can afford to trade off on Wenu because not only is he already hurt, but your offensive line is one of your biggest holes right now. And I think that if you send him away, who I think I think you have to consider looking at him at tackle because it's been so bad there. Maybe not at Wenu. Uche, I think you consider doing that. Um, he's in a contract here. He's a pass rusher. I don't think he's been enough of a difference maker to justify keeping him, especially when you get Keon White, who is projected to be someone that can be an every down presence for you as an edge rusher and bring a bit of impact there. But I do think you are right at the doorstep of blowing things up. I'm trying to, you know, give it one more week before I say, all right, you know, sell house, play the young guys, start making some really tough decisions. But I don't think you're far off. I think <laughs> that they're very close to get to the point where they just have to blow things up and really start from scratch because it's it's been really bad. Now let's load up another question, Amit, please, and thank you. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to hear – I'm looking at the comments right now. I want to hear Zanis rant too, to be honest. Uh, he's unfortunately, he's busy tonight, but I'm sure he would have had some uh, pretty fun takes. Um, from a Pats fan, considering how Mac is playing, plus tough schedule, plus injuries, equals Pats might have a top five pick next year. Would you draft a tackle and help Mac or draft a QB and move on? Mac is still under contract for a year, so I don't think you necessarily move on from Mac yet, especially because I don't think that he's worth much draft capital where you want to move on from him. But I do think that if they have a top pick, it's got to be for a quarterback. Because even if Mac you surround him with talent and he does better. It's pretty obvious that his inability to overcome the rough situation around him isn't something I think you want to invest in for the future. I think if you have the opportunity to take somebody who can be a playmaker and create outside of structure and make the people around them better, rather than it just being a situation where I think you're trying to keep things afloat and capitalize on what you have. I think they do need to draft a tackle for sure. Um, and it's it's a sticky situation where with this team, there are currently so many needs. <laughs> I think you can make an argument for a lot of different positions with that pick, especially with Trent Brown, I think, having his worst game of the season. And he even mentioned that he gets a test for agency next season, so there's no guarantee he comes back. You already have a glaring need at right tackle. There are a lot of things that need to be addressed, but I think it's got to be quarterback if the Patriots do get one of those picks just because it's such a vital position. I think you need a face of the franchise. I think that – not that Mac is beyond salvaging or that he's lost all faith and all goodwill in New England. Because, again, I don't think today was all on him. I think his margin for error is so slim that any mistake he makes, it just gets 
extrapolated and blown up. And last week it was really, really bad. And I said that on this show. Um, but yeah, I think you really do need to go a different direction with this franchise. And if they get a top five pick, I don't think Belichick is going to be the coach. So I really think that a completely fresh start would behoove the organization and the fan base. I think the fan base, if I'm reading the tea leaves well, could also use a breath of fresh air. Uh, before we take more questions, going to pay the bills, give you all a breather, give myself a breather. Amit, please and thank you. Send it to our pals over at FanDuel. Put an action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, moving on. Real quick, I'll address one from the comments I saw about I said Mafia was good. I thought he's been progressing very well. Really quick, that's not on the screen. But, yeah, I thought that Mafia was trending in the right direction. And I think what Belichick's comments were about him reflected the same thing. Um, I still need to look at the tape and see what exactly happened. I know he let off uh, sack during the two-minute drill. Um, it's tough to know how he was on a snap-to-snap -snap basis. But still, if, if, I don't want to make Antonio Mafia the whipping boy. If he had one bad game, he's had – a couple of solid performances before this, but you know, even still probably had a bad day here. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say on Mafi. I did think he was trending in the right direction and it was disappointing that, you know, he gives up a sack today and might've had some other losses that I'll know for sure. Uh, once we actually get to look at the tape. So let's see what else we got here. When will Bill be fired? I said before the season, I thought it was, aggressive to assume that Bill was going to get fired. I thought it – because I didn't think it was going to be worse than last season. My thoughts were you got Bill O'Brien, you got a few veterans offensively who I think can steady the ship, and you got – at the time they had depth at tackle. It wasn't great depth, but they had a lot of bodies, a lot of veterans, and my assumption was the veterans would be able to keep them afloat. But now this has been a big learning season for me because the holes that were already there – have been exacerbated by so many things going wrong. And I think that with the way the season is trending, I don't think Robert Kraft has much of a choice. I think that if this is a season where you have a top 10, top five pick, you have to move on from Belichick, especially now that they have a replacement plan ready. They have Gerard Mayo in waiting. Matt Groh has, you know, been building his resume and, making his way up. Belichick is a decision maker, but he's been a big voice when it comes to the draft and in the whole general manager duties. We all know Bill Belichick has final say, but still there are pieces that can replace him. And I just don't, I, I really respect Bill Belichick. I think that there are so many things that he can give you that you just can't get from any other coach, but your record is what you are. And this has been multiple years now. I thought, Brady's last year, they had a great receiving core that just got hammered by injuries. Then you get the COVID Cam Newton year where even I think Belichick behind the scenes was saying like, yeah, this was a write-off year because so many things went poorly. They had players opt out, whatever. Then you have Mac Jones's rookie year when things start looking up and it's okay. Maybe we're trending in the right direction and they get blown out in the playoffs against the Bills where a defense that you thought was, you know, the foundation of your team 
can't get Josh Allen off the field. Then you go to last season, which I think was the biggest indictment on Bill Belichick, where he hires two of his friends in roles that they're not qualified for, and it not only ruins your quarterback, but puts your offense in a position where they can't really be even average, much less a force that keeps you in games. And then this season is what it is, where you thought you had a better roster, you had sta- a stabilized coaching staff, and you still can't get it done. You're getting, you're losing at home every home game. You're getting blown out in consecutive weeks. I just don't know how you justify keeping Bill Belichick after this season. I, I don't. And I really did think that it was overblown that he was on the hot seat. But right now it's scalding hot because you're not putting the product on the field. And it's it's just looked really bad, especially when you look at Bill Belichick, the general manager, and the fact that they didn't have a good succession plan for Brady. They haven't had a succession plan at tackle, which is an area that they focused on pretty heavily. And it seemed like the Patriots, when it came to drafting offensive linemen or finding offensive linemen, they always seemed to get it done. And maybe that's why I had too much faith in their ability to get by this season. But we've seen that it's really, really hurt this team, their lack of depth and talent on the offensive line, specifically at the tackle position. And really, I do think that Belichick, the GM, has hurt this team specifically on offense where they don't have nearly enough talent to get it done. And again, I think that maybe I didn't I I put too much faith in the offense to make do with what they had and they can't. So, yeah, I'm talking myself into a circle here, but I, I, I think that if this trend continues and you don't have crazy improvement, Belichick has to go bring back Patricia. Uh no. No, sorry. I think that's done. Maybe Josh. Maybe Josh McDaniels, because I think that uh, he's probably going to be moving on after this season. Who's our most valuable player from Fun Stuff 5? Uh, well, sorry, most valuable trade pieces. I thought we should trade Judon before the deadline if we were struggling, but now we can't. I'll take a seventh from the Chiefs for Juju if they want him back. Best trade pieces. I think Josh Uche was a good call. I think he's one of your best trade pieces. I think all the guys, you know, in the end of their deals, Duggar's a great trade piece. I don't want to trade Duggar. I think he's a foundational piece of that defense, especially one that lost Evan McCourty. And I think Jabril Peppers has been solid this season, but you need Kyle Duggar. But yeah, I'd say, let me, all right, let me look at the Patriots roster right now. So I'm, I got all the options right out here in front of me. All right. Frankly, I don't think they all look great. Maybe, uh, it's just there's so little depth on this team that it makes it hard to say that anybody's really a trade piece because you either have the issue of, you know, the wide receiver position where there's not enough talent. You got Devontae Parker, maybe Kendrick Bourne, although his stock is now plummeted after being at a high before the season when he was doing well uh, early on in camp and in the preseason. Uh, you extend Devontae Parker, he hasn't been able to do anything for you. I, honestly, I look at this team. I don't see a lot of really great trade pieces. Maybe uh, a Christian Barmore, maybe because he's so talented, but I also don't think you have enough depth at the interior, especially with Daniel Aquale out, to really give him away. Damn. Yeah. Looking at this team, it's just, and that's a reflection on how they're built. I think that also injuries play a factor, but I don't think you have a lot of great trade pieces at this point. I think Kendrick Bourne, I think Josh Uche. Or maybe your biggest ones, maybe Ramondre Stevenson, but again, no depth at that position. And he hasn't really been performing very well either. Um, and then you look at guys, okay, maybe that are on their first deal. Mike and Wenu, hurt. Cole Strange, hurt. Um, then you got other young players who I think you still need, like Demaro Douglas and the Keishon Booty. They just got drafted, but 
I'm not saying they're trade pieces, but you know, you got those young guys who you're hoping can develop, but even they are so fresh and green. And maybe if the team continues to struggle, you see them actually take on bigger roles if it gets to the point where it's like, all right, fire sale. But yeah, looking at the pieces, I don't even think they have a ton of really good options there. Um, you got Uche. <laughs> then, you know, if you want to reach maybe a bar more. Trade Bill for a second rounder. Who's going to take Bill for a second rounder? I'm not sure who will. I know there's some desperate teams for good coaches, but, you know, Belichick isn't really helping his stock right now. No way to lose to Vegas, right? Right? Yeah, I'm going to close out on this one, guys. Uh, I don't know. I really did not think it was possible heading into this game, even as poor as things had been, because uh, the Raiders are a team that's pretty lacking in terms of overall talent. You got great player like Max Crosby. You got Devontae Adams. Uh, you got Hunter Renfro. You know, they have good players, but they are, they've not been greater than the sum of their parts. But even still, I, I especially on a road game, I don't know how much of an advantage being in Vegas is. It hasn't been a crazy advantage for them since they've been there. But I can't say no way. I can't say no way because the product this team has been putting on the field has not been nearly good enough. The offense can't stop turning the ball over. They can't string drives together. Every positive play or set of positive plays is undermined by a loss that completely throws off drives. We barely see them in the red zone, so you can't even see how they're doing there, although they were doing well there to start the season. And defensively, this is the second week in a row. I gave them a pass against Dallas because of the injuries. I thought they were probably a bit shell-shocked. But this week, the angles, the amount of players we saw open, which was uncharacteristic for this defense, the sloppiness on special teams. I don't think you go into any other games this season until the Patriots show you something different, saying they should win this game. They shouldn't. I really don't think that they should be projected to win any games left on their schedule. And that's just the reality of it. Um, I'm sorry to end on that downer note, everybody. Um, tough times in Foxborough, but I will look into the film and I'm going to do my best to find any positives and things that they can build on because at the end of the day, that's what we need. You have to have something positive to build on. And if it's not for this season, it's next season because you're very close to lost season territory. So I'll do my best to try to find something good for you all uh, to look forward to at some point. Um, and once again, thank you so much for tuning in, being here with me. And uh, I don't know. We're in this together, everyone. We're in this together. Uh, take care of yourselves, please. After this one, take care of each other. And I will see you next time.